Welcome to Talk Save Culture Talks, the podcast of Paradisec, the Pacific and Regional Archive for Digital Sources in Endangered Cultures. I'm Jody Kell. And I'm Stephen Gagao. These are conversations with people who have personal and cultural connections to the languages and music in our archive. Associate Professor Pai Linda Ford and her daughter Emily Chiman Ford are Rakmakmak Maranungu women from the Northern Territory. Pai is a Principal Research Fellow at the Northern Institute of Charles Darwin University and is an Honorary Associate of Paradisec. She graduated with her PhD in Education from Deakin University in 2006. Since then, her knowledge and experience has informed her research practices to include ways of being, knowing, and the ability to lead and contribute to local, national, and international research projects. Emily works as a research assistant at the Charles Darwin University. In 2020, she was awarded the Darwin Young Citizen of the Year in recognition of her outstanding contribution to the Darwin community. In this episode, Pai and Emily are discussing their experiences with an Australian Research Council Discovery Indigenous-funded archival project, New Ways for Old Ceremonies, and the archival collection LPF that arose out of this research. The LPF collection is a private collection that acts as a repository for Maranungu language, knowledge and history, bringing together a range of resources in one place. Being a private collection means it cannot be found online by users of the Paradisic Catalogue. Rather, Pai and Emily, Chloe Ford and Nicole Thompson are the custodians of the collection and they control access. In this way, they are able to share these important resources Central to this while episode maintaining is cultural safety and protocols. Central to this episode is intergenerational knowledge transmission. The mother and daughter relationship between Pai and Emily brings new perspectives to the process of creating and maintaining archival collections and new ways of engaging with heritage materials. Welcome to our Talk Save Culture Talks podcast episode. We are talking about the LPF collection and I have here welcoming Pai Linda Ford 
and Emily Chapman Ford. Yo, Egan Gapaye, Linda Ford, Karinja Yangana, Urkama LPF files for the Paradisic repository for New Ways for All Ceremonies project. Yigen Chaman, Emily Ford. I'm here with my mum, Peyinanda Ford, my Allah, and I was a part of helping organise everything for the collection. And uh, I worked with Pai and Emily on the collections. So I experienced, I, how old were you, Emily, when we started working on this? Oh, what year was it? I'm probably 18. Yeah. 2016. 2016, I would have been 18. 18. And had you any experience with archiving at that point? Yes, because I used to go with mum to all of her different, in school holidays, I would go along and be her assistant. Yes, so we went to a lot of archives like IATSIS and the museums and the National Archives and the Northern Territory Archives and, and a lot of libraries. Yeah, and different archives from different organisations yeah. who had missions in the NT during the different times that we needed the info from, which was very interesting. Mm. Oh, yes, the Jesuits when they were here in the 1880s mm. through to the 1890s. Mm. Where did you find that, that information about In Jesuits? Melbourne. Yeah. And yes. how, was that, how did that feel when you came across? Uh, we had mixed emotions mm. when we finally um, went, got to Melbourne and went out to um, Hawthorne and met the people there, that the archivists that were looking after all the files and they were bringing them out to us and we were looking through them. Mm. And they were very excited. We were the first people from that area to come and actually ask for the information in the archives there. So they were very excited mm. to show yeah. it to us. So as descendants of... Uh, Helena Paye and um, Jimmy Wayman um, of of that line, they were they were super excited to know that my name Paye was named after Helena Paye, mm -hmm. who was actually helped the Jesuit missions um, missionaries at the time to show them the country and from Rabbit Creek here in Darwin through to Serpentine Billabong, which mm. is on Maranungo land um, for Pulja, Maranungo. And then they took them to near Wooliana and set up the mission there on the Daly River. And they then moved it to the current location, which is quite interesting. Yeah. And um, I'd always heard this in oral history, accounts from my mother and my uncles and um, it wasn't until the research project, the Australian Research Council funded project through the Discovery Indigenous Scheme yeah. uh, allowed me to then go and um, 
examine the archives, private and um, public archives. Mm. And even though I was a aware of the IATSIS, the Australian Institute of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Studies archives, which is one of the largest archives on Indigenous knowledges in the world um, that's been digitised, I'd never really uh, gone there to look specifically at information about my own family. Mm-hmm. And when I took Emily there in 2016, we found so much information in there and we were just buzzing, weren't we? Mm. Mm. And what can you talk about what it felt like for you to have your direct family, your daughter, involved in this project? Emily uh, was able to provide a lot of support to me in terms of um, finding a lot of the records Emily was also able to register and so she would do a lot of, I guess, the administrative and technical side of things for the project Mm. and the instruction and direction from myself or from Linda Barwick. And it was good having Linda and Alan Marrett able to advise me about what sort of things that we should be focusing on in the project and also um, Deborah Bird-Rose was on our project as an um, academic advisory group with yeah. Linda and Alan and she was able to donate a lot of her research on Makmakmaranongo that she did with us and that was the main data collected that was put into the repository. Yes. And Chloe, Emily and I agreed that the information should be shared and we should have probably one other Maranungu person to be on that custodian list when we chose Nicole because she was IT savvy. Um, And she agreed to come on board with us. And so I feel really uh, grateful to Debbie for passing over all that important Maranongo information mm. from her research. And with um, Deb, Deborah's collection, there were audio recordings. How, When you listened to them, Emily, I'll throw this mm. question to you. How was that when you heard those recordings? Because I don't think you'd heard them before. No, I hadn't heard them before. And a lot of the people's voices on there, I'd heard stories about all of my life. And there were people like who mum knew, who she'd tell me stories about, dad would tell me stories about different family members. They'd always come up in, you know, family stories sitting around having a yarn. And it was really lovely to hear their voices. It was very nice. It was ineffable. 
because all the words that I just said weren't really putting how like just moving it was to mm. be able to hear their voices and have mum like translating along. Nebujimanda. Nebujimanda. Green and dreaming. And but but back this way is a plover dreaming. Put that area. Gumbo gumbo magam gumi. Foot. Yeah. Mark the mark the billabong shape with his foot. Because yes and yes, it was very emotional. It was an emotional time, mm. I think, but a very like. Um, very moving to sit with all the old people and to sit with mum and me as one of the later generations and being able to hear all the knowledge that they had and through the archive and having that sort of using technology to be able to do that was very, very, yes, very nice. And do you think it's deepened your understanding of your background? Mm, definitely. I think being able to see all the records and hear all the voices and hearing oh, just so, there was so much information there. Mm. <laughs> An amazing amount of information. Getting mm. a I've noticed now that like I've gone on to do some language work with our language and having that knowledge and just having those words and the knowledge about the structure things from stuff that Daryl Tryon's done. Yeah. And it's been really lovely to then go and, like, teach a lot of the little kids to get all that stuff from the archives and be able to make the posters and everything. With all the kids. With all the yeah. kids. And she's developed the... Um, Sherbird. The Instagram the account. Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Instagram account with just tiles. So the photo, a little... Um, like emoticon, like design of what it is, what the word is, and then just mum. I've walked around behind her, like say this word. Sherbird. Sherbird. Say this word. Mawan. Mawan. And recorded them. Kanto. Kanto. And put them up, which is good, and it's all just on my phone, yeah. all on different apps, and then just put it up on Instagram. Mm. <laughs> and what's their language knowledge that you either? had forgotten or hadn't been passed on to you, Pai, that you were able to gain from or strengthen from this process? When I first heard their voices uh, and I, I tuned into each sound that came over the recording because we were, had our headphones on, and it was very emotional listening to their voices. Uh, 
And I'd just sit there in silence with big tears rolling down my cheeks, listening to them with, um, because I hadn't heard their voices mm. since the 80s. Yeah. And my mum passed away in 2007 and I hadn't heard her voice for a long time. So it was quite emotional from that point of view. And when I would try to talk, it was very hard, wasn't it? It was mm. all choked up. We tried to revisit the audio recordings for three days. Yeah. And on the fourth day, I got the courage up then to start interpreting what they'd been talking about to Emily. I was taking notes about what they were saying so Emily could see the written text and she was listening to the same recording. So as we were listening, I was writing. I couldn't say anything because I was still emotional about it. And then the third day, the fourth day, I was able to start talking to Emily about this is Nana. Carol Bellawalk talking about Panpiaduk, which is a site on country. And then I was able to give Emily a lot more information about the sites they were talking about, like Panpiaduk. Um, Jalok, Kogun, and the links to all the the song lines for Panawal, which is the Goanna, and it was it all fell into place, didn't it? Mm. Nicely, and because Emily's been to those places, I was able to give her the history of all of those place names and the song lines. Mm that are important for modern old people to know mm. and understand. And so Emily was able to listen to their voices, understand those connections to country and to the people that were telling her the story and telling me the story again. And I was able to reiterate that through her experiences and me knowing her experiences because I've taken her to those places and link the link the stories to those important cultural sites for Makmak Maranungu people. Mm. And when I reflect on that I go, Wow, this is this is so important that the knowledge has continued to be passed down from one generation to the next. Mm. And at that moment, you know, you have these epiphanies. <laughs> the epiphany for me was that when my mother said to me in, um, in 2002, this knowledge is from me to you, to your children, I went, Oh, wow. I thought it was deep then, but at this moment that I was sharing with Emily, that 
was even went one of those ah moments. Mm. This is another level of that, um, of passing on knowledge from one generation to the next. And I always say to Chloe, Emily and Nicole, I've chosen the three of you as my daughters. Nicole's my daughter cousin. Yeah. Her mother is my first cousin from my sister's, my mother's sister. Yeah. So um, I've selected those three because they're very articulate and intelligent Maranonga women that are are trustworthy and will be able to continue passing on the knowledge to other Maranongo. So I think the work that they have, they've taken on board the responsibilities mm. and duty of care of becoming custodians of Maranongo knowledge. And I think that um, the most incredible part of this is that I've got to work with Emily, who's mm. been absolutely amazing in taking up the reins to make sure that our knowledge is going to continue and that's a big responsibility. Yeah. It's a big responsibility. Well, it is a big responsibility. I remember I was at the, was it the symposium in Melbourne? At Willem? Yes. And every, there was a whole bunch of young people there and they're talking about looking after their cultures and everything. And it was just me there being the representative for Maranongo and walking around and I was just like, Huh. And I remember just crying and I was like, oh my gosh, all this responsibility. And it's like all of these people and all of these generations and lives and all the knowledge that's been collected. And it just sort of like hit me that day. And I was like, oh my gosh, how old was I then? I think that would have been, I was 18 and a bit. Mm. Yeah. I think it just hit me. Mm. And I think mom's done a very good job of directing me in this direction, going this way, guiding me. And yes, it's just been amazing. And I said it then when I was doing it, everything. And now I still think it's very true. I don't think I'll understand. I, I'm starting to, but probably not the whole magnitude, I guess, of this experience of going through all of this and learning about all of this. Mm. Yes. It's very, I do feel very blessed, very lucky. It's like unlocking the archives to allow a more personal approach to accessing that information and knowledge mm. in a new way. Yep. So that's the beauty about the paradisic archives. 
And you don't have to travel all the way down there. You can just access it online. Which is the best bit. Mm-hmm. And like last year when we started making all the um, clapsticks for the Charles Perkins oration, we had family members that came up from Canberra and that. And Emily was able to show them how to access a lot of the files online. Yeah. I told them to sign up yeah. and where you could find everything. Yeah. Because they were interested and they were like, oh, if we wanted to know more, where would we go? And I was like, right here. <laughs> and so we were able to do that. And this is family that are second generation that were part of stolen generation mm. and they've never really come back home. They've stayed down south. So we've been able to share a lot of the um, books and materials with family members in Canberra and and in South Australia, um, in the repository in Paradisic has been a big help in reconciling and healing. Thank you, Pai and Emily Ford, for joining us on Toksave Culture Talks. This discussion gave us many insights to inform archival practices, as well as sharing Maranungu knowledge and history. We would also like to acknowledge the work of Linda Barwick, Alan Marrett and Deborah Bird-Rose, who contributed to the creation of the LPF collection and supported Pai and Emily in their research journey. The music you heard today was from the Mayawa Wanga repertoire available through Sydney University Press. Thali Ngajpir is sung by the late Frank Damu, and we would like to thank his family for allowing us to use this song. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. If you would like to listen to the collection from this episode or find out more information about Paradisec, the work we do, and the online catalogue, you can visit our website at www.paradisec.org.au. We would like to acknowledge the support of the Australian Research Council Centre of Excellence for the Dynamics of Language and the University of Sydney, the University of Melbourne and the Australian National University.